0: And all God's people said, I'm talking about a kernel of Christ, a kernel of Christ. And Romans chapter eight, verse 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he dwells in you. He dwells in you, a kernel of Christ, a kernel. When I'm talking about kernel, I'm talking about a seed, not the guy in the military, right? A seed, the kernel, the inside part of a seed. And I, uh, if you come in my office at any time, normally in my desk, I love nuts. Maybe there's a reason for that. But I love nuts, Uh, almonds and pecans and and pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds. And I remember... uh, Growing up, we, I grew up in, in southeastern Arkansas, northeast Louisiana until I was about eight. And, and on recess, I remember going out to, we were like in kindergarten, first grade, and there was a pecan tree right next to the playground. Anybody remember these kind of things? And I remember a certain time of year, you know, at the end of the year, you'd go out there, and during recess, it's like a bonus recess. You know, all over the ground is pecans, and so you could, you know, step on them and eat them, uh, and you could eat the kernel on the inside, that pecan part, right? And I told, uh, we, I was going to buy you all pralines today, but I just didn't love you that much because they're $3 a, per, a $3 a cookie, so I ate one for you just because. Anyway, so uh, I love pecan pralines. I love, if I have ice cream, I want that thing from Dairy Queen that has nuts on it. You know, like it's going to have some salty sweets. So I love nuts, but uh, you have a sunflower seed in your hand today. And very much the same thing. Uh, because I couldn't find pecans because they're not in season right now in Louisiana. So uh, you, have a, you have a sunflower seed. And there's, the cool thing about that is, is that inside that hull or that shell, either of a pecan tree, of a pecan nut, inside that kernel, in that kernel is everything needed to make a 50 to 75 foot pecan tree. Isn't that crazy that that whole entire tree, that 50 to 75 foot pecan tree fits inside that nut. If you have a little bit of water, you put it in the ground, a little bit of soil, a little soil, a little water, a little sunshine, it's all there. It's already there. It's going to do as God has designed it to do. The nature of that seed, the nature of that kernel is to be the thing God has designed it to be inside that sunflower seed in your hand, inside that kernel, once that hole falls away, that seed will be that glorious sunflower that God, by nature, has designed it to be. The nature of that seed is to be a fully grown sunflower. And you think about that in the Christian life. And my question to you today is what is the nature of the kernel inside you? What is the nature of the kernel that's inside you. What is it that's inside you today? If I was to take what's inside of you, every attitude, every affection, every desire, every want, every dream, if I was to take your attitudes and all those affections and begin to water it and watch it grow, what would it produce? What is the thing that's inside of you? What is the kernel inside of you designed and growing to be? If we could see that fully formed today, Who are you on the inside, really? What tree might grow? You see, there's a kernel of Christ for the true Christian. And that's when our outer shell of flesh dies. It's put in the earth. The Bible says there'll be a resurrection of new life. Because the nature of God is on the inside of every true believer. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we just read in Romans, the Holy Spirit who lives within you, the one who raised Christ up from the dead, will look at that Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you and give life to your mortal body because of the Holy Spirit kernel that is on the inside of you. For every true believer... You see, kernel, the word kernel is not just about a seed. It's the central most important part of something. A kernel is the center most important part of something, and the most important thing in your Christian life right now is do you have the Holy Spirit nature living on the inside of you? Is the Holy Spirit truly living inside of you? Because see, one time, I don't know if you've ever done this, but when you go to eat some pecans, uh, you break one open, you might find a surprise There's nothing on the inside of it. Whether it didn't form for whatever reason, getting right the nutrients, or sometimes you can take a pecan and you open it up and you take a bite of it and you know instantly something is not right with this one. You know, and sometimes Christians are much the same way. We can look on the outside, it looks just like a healthy whole pecan, but on the inside, once that outer shell is gone, on the inside, the true value of that person is made known that we are just but empty shells going through this life, and we will never be more than we actually are right here, right now, because the only thing an empty pecan is good for is to go back into the dirt. So what is the kernel on the inside of you? What is that thing living? Do you have the Holy Spirit in nature? By nature if it is watered it will produce something living, not just now but for eternity. When your shell falls away, what is going to grow inside of you? The kernel of every believer is Christ. Look in me with me in 1st Corinthians chapter 15 verse 31. 1st Corinthians chapter 15 verse 31 let's talk about growing up in his image we're going to read with the apostle paul today verses 31 through 49 and i'm in the new american standard so if you don't have it it's on the screen today and it says i this i affirm brethren that by the boasting in you which i have have in christ jesus our lord i die daily somebody say die daily he says, I die daily. If from human motives I fought with wild beasts at Ephesus, and what does that profit me? If the dead are not raised, let us just eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. He says, But well, don't be deceived that bad company corrupts good morals. So become sober minded as you ought. Stop sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame, but someone will say, Well, how are the dead raised? And, and what kind of body do they come? You fool. That which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And that which you sow, you do not sow the body, which is to be, but a bare grain, perhaps of some weed or something else. But God gives it a body just as He wished, and to each of the seeds a body of its own. And flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one flesh of man, and another of beasts, and another flesh of birds, and another of fish. There are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. The glory of the heavenly is one kind, and the glory of the earthly is another." And there's one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another of the stars, and the stars even differ in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in a perishable body, but it's raised in an imperishable body. It's sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, but it's raised in power. It's sown in a natural body, and it's raised in a spiritual body. And so if there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. And so also it's written... The first man, Adam, became a living soul, but the last man, Adam, became a life giving spirit. So, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. And the first man is from the earth, but the second man is from heaven. And as is the earthly, so also those who are earthly. And as is the heavenly, so also those who are heavenly. And verse 39 is the key for today. Just as we have borne the image of the earthly, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. Somebody say, amen. Just as you've borne the image of the earthly, you'll bear the image of the heavenly, if you have the image already kerneled inside of you. So, let's go back. So, in, uh, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. And in his day, the Greeks, right? So, we're writing in the first century. The Greeks and the Romans... They didn't believe in the resurrection. Why? Because who wants to be resurrected as a mutated zombie like all these movies we have today? So that's what they thought. They thought, why would you want your disgusting corpse with worms coming back to life for a future? I mean, who wants that? They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't understand it. And even some of the Pharisees and Sadducees, specifically the Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection either. So Paul is speaking to an audience that has no clue what in the world he's talking about. And so he begins to give different examples of what this resurrection would look like. And he says, guys, this is the supreme message of the gospel, the resurrection. It's not just the cross on the Friday night. It's the resurrection on the Sunday morning. That that is the message of the gospel. Because if there is no resurrection from the dead, if Jesus Christ was not resurrected from the dead, then he wasn't really God. And he didn't really have victory over sin and death. And if he says, if that's the case, we're the most pitiful people to be to thought of because, man, there's no point in this. So let's just go ahead and live it up, man, to eat and sleep and drink and be merry because tomorrow you're just going to die and it's going to be over. So why not just live it up for today? He said, but because of faith, Because we believe in the good news of the gospel of Jesus. We believe and we preach a literal resurrection from the dead. Come on, somebody. You believe in a resurrection from the dead. Jesus conquered sin and death. And on that third day, he got up victorious in power because it was impossible, the Bible says, for the grave to keep him. That's the good news. That's what this is all about. And so probably more than even the message of the cross, the message of the resurrection is what the early church was most known by. And they were like, well, I don't get it. I don't get it. What happens, Paul? You ever thought this? What happens, Paul, to the people who uh, died and they became dust and their dust just scattered everywhere? Like cremation. What happens to the people that we throw them in the ocean and the wind blows it back in your face? I mean, what happens to those people where where they're cremated? Or Lord, what happens to the people who died at the bottom of the sea and are now fish food? And where are they? What happens to people who are beheaded and pieces of their body are separated, like most of the saints in the church, which is a weird thing, by the way? What happens to those people? How is God going to bring that stuff back together and make a new body? And so Paul gives a few illustrations. The first one, he says, think, guys, it's thinking like a seed. He's not using natural to produce natural, but that seed, that outer shell of that husk falls away, and that husk and that hole dies, and the kernel that's on the inside is specifically designed to produce something bigger, better, and completely new. It's already there. The thing, the nugget of everything is there, and he says the same way for you. That God has designed by putting the Holy Spirit in your life, that which is flesh can only produce his flesh. But when God's Spirit joins with your soul, there's something mysterious happening. And listen to me, everything about your future life in Christ has already been put in you when you believed on him and received the Holy Spirit. Your eternal life began the moment you got saved and the Holy Spirit came in you. It will not be something completely new in the fact that that seed is still that seed, but inside of that seed is that entire pecan tree. Inside of that little seed right there is the entire sunflower seed, and just as it is in you right now, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, your new resurrected body is already there. It's just waiting to come out. Isn't that kind of crazy? You know, like, maybe, well, I don't still quite understand. He says, well, look, think about the bodies. There's different type of bodies. There's dogs. There's cats. There's human. Humans produce humans. Cats produce cats. Dogs produce dogs. The same way flesh is producing flesh. He says heavenly things produce heavenly things. And when your flesh dies, the heavenly part of you is what will make something else Heavenly. We say, well, I still don't get it. Well, think about Jesus' resurrected body. You know, the Bible says that when Jesus was resurrected, he came back, and he began to walk among his disciples. And on the road to Emmaus, they didn't even know who he was. He had a whole new different body, but they didn't get it who he was until they began to talk to them. And they said, man, doesn't it burn within us what he's saying to us? And it's a lie. That's Jesus. I get it. I don't recognize him, but I- he's got a new body. And in one moment, he walks through a wall, And so he's got a body, but he can walk through a wall. the next minute, he says, touch my hands, touch my side, and they can physically touch something. They can walk through a wall. That doesn't make any sense. Then on the next, uh, another moment, he's on the, uh, they're out on a boat, and he's on the bank eating fish. And he eats with them, and he can consume food. And praise God, he doesn't get any calories. Somebody say amen, right? I mean, and it's a mystery. And he says it's the same way. This new heavenly thing will be of heaven. It'll be a new heavenly body. And this is the good news. That what is heavenly on the inside of you will produce something heavenly when Jesus comes back and redeems us and our resurrected bodies. You know, I did a little research on caterpillars. I'm not a biologist, but I began to look at this, and, and some of the verbs that Paul used in this is metamorphosis, and that's the word we use for caterpillars, you know. And so I tried to catch everybody a caterpillar, and so you could take it home with you, but I just gave up. But a, a little caterpillar, yeah, I've got a picture up here. That little caterpillar, it, it comes from a, a little egg and it grows and, it eats and eats and eats and eats and eats and eats until it gets to the size that God has designed it to be. Then it goes and finds a branch and it makes a chrysalis, a little cocoon. And I didn't know this, but inside that cocoon, that caterpillar completely dissolves into caterpillar soup. I did not know that. Completely dissolves. And inside that caterpillar are little disks. Uh, imaginative disc is what they're called. And everything in that disc, once it the cells begin to reproduce at a whole new rate and legs begin to form out of the discs that are already in the caterpillar. They were in the caterpillar the whole caterpillar's life. But when the timing was right and the outer shell of this little caterpillar disappears, those discs begin to grow, legs and arms and wings. And that caterpillar becomes a butterfly it's a miracle it's a mystery even science don't completely understand how it works but that butterfly was that caterpillar and they are the same thing but completely new completely new that thing was reborn into something a little more heavenly i don't know how it's going to happen y'all I just know that when this outer shell falls away because of the kernel of Christ on the inside of you, because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, that same Holy Spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead, that God Himself will look inside of you and say, I've put something heavenly in you. Everything I've designed for you, I've put in you. The moment you got saved, your eternal life has already begun. If you know Jesus, you can cry out, Abba, Father. You have a connection with God that everything is going to be okay, everything's going to be new. This life is just a temporary thing. There's an eternity beyond this. This is not what I was made for. I've got an eternity in heaven to be with Jesus for all the time. He says, just as you bore the image of the earthly saints of God, you will bear the image of the heavenly. That What is heavenly on the inside of you is just waiting to the day it can come out and be who you've always meant to be. Man, that's good news. This life is not all that it's all, all about. This stuff is just temporary. I'm in a little caterpillar shell, and I just eat, eat, and eat until the time it's time to go, man. Man, we're going to be something greater, something bigger, something new to be who God has always wanted you to be. What is the nature, though, of that disc, of that kernel? You see, it has to be there right now, church. Church. Who you're meant to be in heaven is already in you. You don't wait till you die to be more like Jesus. It's already there. You see, the challenge for us is to start acting like we're already dying. To start acting like we already are the people we've always been meant to be. You see, the lie of the enemy is to just keep focusing on eating, 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 and now, now, and now, doing for here, doing for here. But church, we're just passing through. This thing is all temporary. This is all meant for something greater. You see, and Paul says three things I'll just give you real quick. He says, number one, you've got to start dying to the flesh. For a kernel to grow, the outer hull has to die and fall off. And so many of us are trying to eat and focus on that outer hull. Oh, let's just get a better outer hole and take it to the park and take it to the beach and build a bigger house for that outer hole. And man, wouldn't you think it would be weird if someone out at recess when I was a kid was starting to eat on that outer shell of that pecan and paint it and color it and just be all about that outer shell? I'm like, man, you're missing the best part. It's about the inside. It's the inside that matters. That's the thing that produces fruit. That's the good stuff. And so that is the entire tree, what this thing is made for is that God has designed it to be. See, that outer part just dies and returns to dust. And if you're just focused on this outer shell, life is pointless. You might as well just eat it up, live it up, because tomorrow you're just going to die. Empty shells, man, just live it up. If you don't believe in resurrection, you don't believe in this thing, man, get the biggest house, be with as many people as you can, try every drug on the street, put on some relationships, post about yourself on Facebook every day, and just buy and sell and build and go and be all about you, because that's all this life is for you. It's an empty shell. It's going to just go to dust, and your name will never be known. You'll never be with him for eternity. It's just about today. But Jesus said to them in John chapter 12, He said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls in the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. And if you love this life, you'll lose it. And if you hate this life in this world, you'll keep it to eternal life. Give up the shell. Give up this outer thing. See, the glory of God is to die to self. And if you want to be resurrected, Paul says, I die daily. I put off this shell as if I'm going to put it. It's like it hasn't happened yet. I haven't died fully yet, but every day I just pretend like I am. Every day I just put this outer shell off and say, this ain't about you, outer shell. This ain't about you, flesh. This is not about being a caterpillar. It's about living for what God has destined me to live for. And I'm going to invest everything I've got, not into the outside, but what the inside is going to be. Stop hanging on, Paul says, to the affections of dead life. Something that's dead that can produce nothing, that's faded away. It's destined to dust. So we, number two, we sow to the spiritual. He says God formed Adam out of the dirt after all. He was destined to dirt. But then God breathed life into Adam. He breathed life. He put something heavenly on the inside of dirt. He put something heavenly on the inside of an outer shell. And that kernel was the kernel of the Holy Spirit. And when God took Adam and He formed him, He says, not just about this outside dirt. It's about what I've put on the inside of you. And I've designed what's on the inside of you to be in fellowship and holy communion with me. That we would be forever always. But we know that man by voluntary transgression fell. And we were put out. And we were cursed to die be separate from God and even though we were made in God's image and we had his breath on the inside of us we were excluded and separated from God but then God made us a new Adam Adam Paul says he made a new Adam perfectly in the image of God and Jesus came down and he took this outer shell of us and he paid the price for its death and its cursed life and he said breathed on them the Bible says in John 20 he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit and in Acts chapter 2 he had sent the promise of the Father to come down and indwell and empower a believing people and on the inside of them they had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit now they had that new breath of life again now they could be In God's image, and now today, that's why Paul can say, "Man, if I have borne the image of earthly things, because I've received heavenly things on the inside of me, once again, I can now have heavenly things." Just because uh, you've had this outer dust-filled life of pain and labor and separation, Paul says, if you begin to sow into spiritual things, if you'll focus on the seed inside of you, if you'll receive Jesus. Adam became a living soul, but the second Adam, Jesus Christ, became a life-giving spirit. He means that at Jesus, just like God breathed into Adam, Jesus, by the breath of the Holy Spirit, by the living water of the Holy Spirit, he puts something alive on the inside of you that's destined for heavenly things. To go from glory to glory. That's what that means. To go from glory to glory. That's why Paul can say, Church, don't you know your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you ever think about it in the way of a seed? We think about temple, but it's the same illustration, just a different way. Your bodies are a temple. Your bodies are a seed of the Holy Spirit. There's something kerneled inside of you, Christian, that's destined for greater things. So Paul says in Galatians, Those who sow to your own flesh in that outer shell you'll just reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap from the Spirit. And he says in another place, and that's why we put aside anger and wrath and malice and slander and abusive speech. We put away the the hull, the shell, the outer layer. We put away the old man in another way to say it. And we don't lie to one another. He says we put aside that old self with its evil practices and we put on the new self. We focus on the new nature who's being renewed. Listen to this. To a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Colossians 3, 8 through 10. There is an image of Jesus Christ on the inside of every believer. The seed is there, just like that pecan tree is inside that seed, just like that sunflower is inside that seed. And your job and my job is to focus on nurturing that seed so we don't become an empty shell. You see, if it's not giving the right nutrients while it's growing on that pecan tree, it'll still produce a hole. It'll still produce a shell, but it's going to be empty. It's going to be empty and if you fail to keep producing things in the spirit you keep focusing on the flesh and this carnal life and eating and drinking and buying and selling and building and going and doing and serving self and glorifying self and and focusing on life here and now and trying to build things for yourself here and now man that inside of you is going to dry up but if you start focusing on things of the spirit and sowing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control and long suffering and temperance and patience and you keep Focusing on glorifying God with your life, man, you're going to sow heavenly things. What's the nature of the kernel that's inside of you? Last thought is this What does it mean to be in the image of the heavenly in your life? It means to be patterned after his likeness, to represent him on the earth. It means you're a little Christ, you're a kernel of Christ, you have a little part of him on the inside of you, you are destined to be as he is, and as close as you may feel right now to your flesh, we identify with our pain, we know about sickness all too well, we know about disease all too well, we know about suffering all too well, and just like I'm connected to Adam in this flesh, so now I can also be connected to Christ. Just as I have been of flesh, I will be of spirit. And maybe we're speaking mysterious things, but listen to me. Just like you can know pain and suffering in Adam, you can know peace and joy in Jesus. Listen to me. Just like you can know long-suffering and disease and death in this fleshly body, you can know eternal life and joy forevermore. You can know healing and substance and identity. You can be just as connected to Christ as you are to this fallen fleshly thing we call a body. And Paul knew it and the early church knew it that they didn't have to just live going through this life feeling like they were disconnected from God but they had a strong connection to Jesus because of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. They had a hope that did not fail. They had a joy that was new every morning. They had a peace that passed all understanding because there was something heavenly on the inside of them. They had a kernel of Christ. You see, he said in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, but in all things with an unveiled face, beholding as a mirror, we don't get it. We don't get it as a glory of the Lord. He says, but we are still being transformed. We are being transformed into the same image, the image of Christ from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Paul said, there's a seed growing inside of me. And it's got glory right now. But man, when this outer shell comes off, this little seed on the inside is gonna go from glory to glory. And I'll give you this final warning and I'll close. Believer, just like you're gonna get a new resurrected body that's never gonna know pain, suffering, disease, death, it's never gonna know separation from God, that new resurrected body will be designed to worship Jesus for all eternity is not that good? There's also another resurrected body. The Bible says, there'll be a resurrected of the righteous and unrighteous. You see, there'll be another resurrected body, for the unbelieving, for the wayward, those who do not love God. That unbeliever who lives for the appetite of the flesh now, they will have a resurrected body, but instead of destined to worship and be in God's presence. This new resurrected body will be destined to suffer the flames of hell for all eternity. There will be an eternal body given to every person who rejects Jesus Christ. And that eternal body for them will go into the flames and it will never die. It will feel pain, but it will always endure it. It will die a thousand deaths over and over and over again, but never die. It will feel every ounce of pain hell has to offer it. And it will never escape it. It is perfectly designed to endure the torment of hell for all eternity. You see, you'll not escape resurrection. You'll be resurrected, but one body will be destined to worship God in heaven in perfect harmony for all eternity. The other body will be resurrected to endure eternity of punishment, of death, an eternal death where you'll never die, but you wish you would. There's a sobering reality, church, that resurrection is coming for us all. And it matters what the kernel is on the inside of you. Are you destined from glory to glory? Are we destined to pain and suffering for all eternity because we failed to make a conscious choice right here, right now? Jesus, would you fill me with the Holy Spirit? Would you come and you live inside of me and I die to this outer sinful man? I die to this carnal nature. And Father, I want to focus on growing in the presence of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. So my question to you still stands today: What is the nature of the kernel that's inside of you? What are you destined to be? When this outer thing falls off, who will you be? What is watering now by the presence of the Holy Spirit? What what are you are watering now? Is what's going to grow for eternity. I'm going to ask our team to come back, but every head bowed and every eye closed, in total seriousness, Christian, every attitude, every affection. What are you watering? What are you growing? What are you focused on going and building and doing? Are we focused on the heavenly? Are we building kingdom things? Are we growing in acts of mercy and love and compassion? Christian, let's guard our hearts. Christian, let's focus on growing the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. You have great days in store for you. You are just passing through. Jesus has put something in you that's gonna be raised from glory to glory. There is going to be a glorious resurrection of the saints of God. It's good news. But if you're here today and it's empty, if you're here today and you don't know that you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, if you have not given your life fully over to Jesus Christ, if you've not died to the outer man or continued to die daily to that outer thing, would you allow Jesus right now to just come inside your heart, by grace wash you new, fill you with His love and His mercy, give you the presence of His Almighty Spirit, put something on the inside of you that's destined for glory. The image of the heavenly. A seed of Christ.